Hello, I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and this is a public service announcement for the next episode. The risk of doing a political episode is that if you don't do it quickly and get it out quickly, it can become obsolete, especially in a Trump administration, and that is exactly what happened with this episode. It was recorded while I was in Alabama for the holidays with my best friend Sarah Cooper, and we made some predictions, and we made some discussions about the cabinet, and it went live today, but it felt very disingenuous to post this episode without some kind of disclaimer that this was before all of the Capitol insurrection and the impeachment and everything else that came with this past week. There will be a bonus episode directly after this episode, if you'd like to hear it, to discuss the updates on politics in America. With that being said... Thank you for listening to Not For Nothing. Hello and welcome to Not For Nothing. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson and today I'm with Sarah Catherine Cooper yet again. Hello. Hello. So why do you like giving everyone my middle name? Well, her address is two two six seven Doweeny Avenue. This is we're getting close. We're getting very very close to a brand new administration. Um, and for full disclosure, I want to say I do want to say that we are recording this over Christmas holiday. And the only reason I say that is because we're talking about the Biden administration to come and Biden is the 46th president of the United States. But I have this prediction that Donald Trump is going to step down so that Pence can um, Pence can pardon him and he and therefore making Joe Biden the 47th president of the United States. But today is all about what's to come in 2021. Yeah, I'm. I know that's a good theory. Um, we are less than, I think we're exactly a month away. Is that today or tomorrow? As of recording, today well, is yeah. the 20th. So we are a month away from, from today. And and at the and the airing, this is, if you're listening to this, it's at least January 14th, 2021. So we are less than, we are six days away from inauguration mm-hmm. at this point. So um, what's the predictions here? Um, and we're just going off of what we know for already because we now. do have we do have some information. There are some cabinet seats that still have not been announced yeah, as of the I recording. I was trying to look up everyone's names as of right now. Well, I know we've got um, Anthony Blinken, who is going to be the Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. We have, of course, Pete Buttigieg as Secretary of the Transportation. We've got um, Jeanette Yellen, uh, the Treasury, the Treasury and Yellen. If you look up her Yellen, she's she's pretty phenomenal. She's pretty spectacular. Um, And we've got what's her name? Greenfield and ambassador to the United Nations. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get that part on my list. I was looking at um, Lloyd Austin as Secretary of Defense because there was some hubbaloo about that. Yeah, I'd seen that. Um, And then we've got Depp. I'm going to mispronounce this, Holland, for the interior, who's our indigenous woman. So is there, who are you most excited about who we've seen so far? Um, Honestly, I believe having an indigenous woman in charge of the interior Mm -hmm. is probably, it's about time. And so I'm really happy for her for that. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, 
I know a lot of people are like, his cabinet's more centrist than it is left. Yeah, but you look but at them, they, it is a rainbow of people. It's a lot of people, and I'm still anticipating who they decide for education, and of course, Attorney General. Yeah, those are two, as of right now, the the education, Secretary of Education and the Attorney General are the two that I haven't, we haven't found out yet. So yeah. by the time this airs, um, we'll probably, we'll we'll hopefully we'll know. Surely we'll know what the whole cabinet is. But for me, well, actually, I'll say this, that um, the Secretary of the Interior, she is 35th generation mm-hmm. in this continent. That's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. Um, because like you yourself are only third generation on my grandma, on your grandma, on your mom's grandfather's side. side. Yeah. Um, so that just to give you a context, your grandfather mm-hmm. was born in Italy. Um, my great grandparents were my grandfather was born here. Oh, here. was he? Okay. So your great grandparents yeah. were born in Italy. Yeah. B- who I am most excited about. And this is, this is the nerd in me coming out. Absolutely. I'm most excited about Pete Buttigieg as secretary of the transportation. Or Secretary of Transportation, because when he was Mayor Pete of South Bend, Indiana, that was his big like project, his claim to fame. He redid the entire sewer system in P- South Bend, Indiana, Indiana, mm-hmm. um, to do a fully digital sewer grid. And I don't really know what all that means, but anyway, he but what him doing that it had digital monitors it had levelers of the waters and this and that and everything and it was it made it more economically sustainable and it made it more user-friendly and it made it more environmental and more um efficient for the for the use for people and Mm -hmm. and south bend indiana now has the preeminent sewer system anywhere in the world people are now going to south bend indiana to emulate what they have done and that's all because of Mayor Pete. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, we all know that the infrastructure in America is desperately in need of some love and care and mm-hmm. some overhauling. So I'm like, thank God Mayor Pete is on the job because he is going to, he's the type of person, because I read his book, clearly. Um, he's the type of person that pours himself into a project and he is going to figure out what it is needs to be done. He's going to figure out exactly how much it's going to cost and he's going to figure out ways to get the cost down and then he's just going to go do it. Right. And he's going to have the blessing of Joe Biden. Absolutely. So that's why I'm so excited about him being that. Yeah. And I was looking into, um, like to me, one of the things that I've been so disappointed in unsurprisingly um is our taking care of lack of taking care of the environment and acknowledging climate change and all that the last four years and basically filling any and all environmental positions with science deniers right and so having people educated in that field Mm -hmm. and stepping up and being hopefully very aggressive about like the green new deal and everything they're all those token words that people love yeah. to throw around so much <laughs> exactly. um but having people actually knowledgeable about it in charge making decisions i know we've put john Kerry involved in it which is that was going to be one i talked about later um he he is the actually the first uh president presidential envoy on climate so basically yeah. he's going to be in the rooms where the decisions are made to make sure all decisions that are made are sound decisions based on what's best for our climate. Well, and then we also have a climate czar, which is just a great 
I love that. Gina McCarthy, who I had to look this up because I can't ever remember everyone's credentials. I have the mm-hmm. mental capacity of a four-year-old, um, <laughs> who is the formal, former Environmental Protection Agency chief and National Resources Defense Council president. Wow. So, again, coordinating environmental policy and focusing on that because we basically got to undo all the damage that was prior to Trump getting in office yeah. and that was just worsened by everything he did between you know since then because that stuff i mean again reality state joe biden probably even maybe pete Buttigieg may not be here and probably won't be here when the environment goes to hell yeah for the future generations but there's still there is still a responsibility to leave it better than you found it like going back to basics of boy scouts right <laughs> like, and we leave the campsite care. beautiful more beautiful be, than when it when you found it there used to be a consensus on that just well, clean leave, up after yourself was it leaving was it paris climate accord yeah. walking away from all that and i'm just like god bless let's fix like let's go back to even the basic fundamentals mm-hmm. let's take care of our environment and take care of our land and stop selling like our state parks and our you know all these natural reserves selling them off to your homeboys that are going to just destroy it for development yeah <laughs> well and two donald trump made a lot of campaign promises about coal is coming back no it ain't bitch and if you honestly if you look at the coal industry coal miners salespeople, managers office administrators every like literally every human who has anything to do with the coal industry there's only 100,000 people in mm-hmm. that industry that's it that's a drop in the bucket. That's like 1% of mm-hmm. this country is in coal and it's just going down further. There's only like, I think they said there's only like 29,000 coal miners in all of yeah. America now. Well, in my mind what you do with dying industry and again this is a reference to a Tim Burton movie and I still think about this is when they did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie's dad worked in the toothpaste factory and his job was to put the caps on the toothpaste, but he lost his job because they replaced him with a robot. He was then hired and trained to fix the robot that replaced him in his job when it broke down. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. And I know that's like a very trivial childish reference, but that's always what comes to mind. Well, you train, you take people with a skill set and train them in a new capacity because clear, you know, we don't have, we don't go coal mining anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's dead and it's been dead forever i my last reference to it is october sky yeah well and there (laughs) i I saw this news this news program as an old lady would say that where this coal mining company in kentucky they saw that the the struggle Mm -hmm. was coming so they started uh introducing other alternative Mm -hmm. sources of energy into their own business and he they've become they've started training their employees to deal with water um, energy mm-hmm. for rivers and wind energy. Like they are starting to train yeah. them so that they, and like, I'm like, well, that's, that's the smart thing. Right. You're going to be a company that has a long, long history because your energy history will go back to the beginning days of coal mining. Mm-hmm. And you're, and that's going to be some clout when you're selling wind turbines for personal use in a hundred years. And they're like, right. we've been here for 250 years already. And we have this success because we were curious. Right. You've got to be curious about what's coming in the future. If you, all you are is worried about sustaining what is right now, you're going to fail. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's unfortunate and it is hard, especially when you're a skilled trade 
is something that is temporary and dying. You know, nurses and doctors are going to live forever as a skill source and as a job because it is something that is we're still having children. We're still growing. Medicine is still changing. But we're also not using old school methodology for things that were used 150 years ago because it grew and changed. Yeah. We don't have to worry about a 300% fatality rate in a surgery from trying to do it too fast because we've now learned how to manage people under anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's, it, and it's unfortunate and I understand it taking it very personally when your industry and probably your li- family lineage industry is dying because most comb whiners, like almost any other job is a skill that's passed down from parent to parent, you know, from child to yeah. parent and back because that's where you lived and that's what you did. Dad grew up and became was a coal miner. I'm going to grow up and be a coal miner. I'm not going to grow up and be a dentist. Like Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's just it's interesting, but I'm glad to see that we have in Joe Biden and his administration people who have respect for where we're going mm-hmm. and they want to take everybody with them. Right. So, I mean, it's like one of my friends pointed out that this before the pandemic, this country was a dystopian novel far before Trump was in office and before this was a pandemic, yeah. but it's going to take putting people forward who are for thinkers to turn it around and make it better for everyone involved. Well, and I always say this, and I hope that this is a big um, point that the Biden administration will start to, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not fix, but start to focus on that all problems in this country, every single one of them can be traced back to income inequality Rich white men. Rich white men. Um, and eventually, the rest of us who are not in that 1%, we're going to run out of money, and you won't be able to take anything because we won't have anything. Right. So you're going to have to start balancing out this income. Um, but, again, there are some pretty prominent, um, exciting things going on in this administration mm-hmm. to come. First, First and foremost... Kamala Harris, the first female vice president, the first, first vice president of color, the first biracial mm-hmm. vice president, the first African American vice president, the first Indian American vice yep. president, and um, get them all at once, right? Well, <laughs> and and by proxy, well, yeah, the her husband, the first spouse of a president, think they, vice president to be a man. Yeah, I watched an interview with her when they asked her what he would be called, and it seemed like the second husband was the easiest title right the second husband or second gentleman or yeah. something like that but it's exciting doug. and the just thing, call him doug doug <laughs> well and you know what's exciting about doug um he's not the first vice presidential spouse to have a job that was actually jill biden who is the doctor doctor jill, jill biden, biden who will be the first first lady to have an independent a job that brings her independent income from her husband. Now, I got a question. This mm-hmm. is very serious. I need you to think long and hard about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you get this serious about things. Okay. Do you think that Dr. Jill Biden, while having a job independent of being first lady, will still be able to have a smile on her face while decorating for the Christmas season for the White House? Oh, I do. I think she'll be able to handle it. I think Melania couldn't handle it and she didn't have a job. Well, did you see Vanity <laughs> Fair's end of the year sort of start wrapping up uh-uh. about politics? Um, they said they started saying things about what's to come in the Christmas season. Now mm-hmm. that Donald Trump is, this is his last Christmas in the White mm-hmm. House, and he said, and it basically it went through all these things that Donald Trump did, and then it said, and while decorating the White House for Christmas, mm-hmm. Melania Trump will do what she must. 
<laughs> right? And I was like, they dang, don't care. They do, like Vanity Fair does not give a damn to no. pull the gloves off well, and go go below the belt. I guess my problem, and I, f- I have a level of compassion, like Mom said earlier, for Melania because I don't think she believed she was going to end up being first lady when she signed on to marry Donald Trump. I don't think that was mm-hmm. in her agenda. So in that aspect, I do have a level of sympathy for her. On the other hand. What else are you doing with your day? Right. Like you have had no projects. Mm-hmm. You've you've had your little be best campaign while married to one of the most notorious bullies wrote in the world. Be best on a poster board with a big smiley face. Smiley face. <laughs> but like what else has she done the la- like besides look the most uncomfortable I've ever seen a human look next to who someone they're supposed to love. Mm-hmm. Um and f- Oh, I think I think 100% she'll be divorced in within a year. Well, I wonder what I want to see the fine print of that prenup and see if it's what mm-hmm. it says about when your spouse goes to jail. Um, <laughs> if that non void that prenup, if you end up in federal prison, <laughs> I hope she gets everything. Like, I want her to get everything. I bet you they'll Florida will look the other way if she wins Mar Lago in that uh divorce. <laughs> I mean, I, I again. My, like mom's my mom said she's not even sure she knows what she sounds like she's never heard her speak <laughs> your jaja is hilarious i know like, i don't even know what she sounds like <laughs> jaja doesn't watch the news since trump has won the election she just asks for updates from me and i'll just kind of give her a mm-hmm. gist of what you happened. mean in 2016 yeah just to be clear because yeah, we've since- had a because we've had an election since then and he did not win he did not win but yeah, mom, since the 2016 election has turned a blind eye to the news only because it was so depressing that I would just kind of feed her updates of things that mattered, you yeah. know, which is one way to cope. It's kind of funny because we have gone, even if you take Joe Biden out of it and Kamala Harris, first lady alone has done a complete 180. Well, and you know, what's interesting is I lo- like there is a pendulum swing between administration to administration. But yeah. every time the pendulum swings swings back, I felt like when it comes to first ladies, even when the pendulum swings back, it is more progressed than any administration before it. Mm-hmm. In the fact that, like, say Lady Bird Johnson, didn't she... Or no, I'm thinking Betty Ford. Betty Ford, <laughs> you know, she started... She did something with herself, yeah. you know, with that, with that platform. And um, Rosalind Carter, she kind of was uh, the dutiful, dutiful wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then Nancy Reagan and Barbara Bush, they were vocal. Nancy Reagan was sort of a smart mm-hmm. clothes horse, in a sense. Kind of like Jackie Onassis. Mm-hmm. Jackie Kennedy Onassis was. Well, Jackie Kennedy. Um, but then came Hillary Clinton. And one of my favorite passages from Hillary Clinton's book, uh, Living History, mm-hmm. was she was talking about how an a when she first got on got in, they got into the White House. I think it was one of the Barbara Walters, um, Diane Sawyer type person mm-hmm. was like, "How did you convince?" Because she was the only first and only first lady to have an office in the West Wing. Because he put her on the task force of something. And they asked her, how did you convince the president to give you an office in the West Wing? She goes, honey, I didn't ask. I went and picked it out. <laughs> and so she really did let, swing that pendulum that, in, in making it clear that the first lady has a voice that can be used for a megaphone just mm-hmm. like the president's can. Well, 
on the subject of Hillary, how much of those eight years of Bill Clinton do you think was Hillary? As far as decision making and planning and... I I don't think... Okay, so I'm going to unpack that just a little bit. Um, Because, like, when Reagan got shot in the head... And he, we thought he was dying. I think a lot of that was Nancy Reagan sitting behind the Oval Office, you know, behind mm-hmm. the Resolute Desk in the Oval Office, making some pretty big decisions and signing her husband's name on the dotted line. Mm-hmm. Hillary, I don't think she ever ran anything. I think she, I think that pillow talk came with a notepad. Because you better be taking notes because yeah. I got things to say. Yeah. You know, I think I think it did. I think a lot of what Bill Clinton's views were mm-hmm. were because of Hillary. Like shaped by her. Like, yeah. Like she, I think he, I think he looked highly intelligent because he got a lot of ideas from his wife and pillow talk. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Or dinner table discussion. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think. She, again, she's got an office in the West Wing. Right. I mean, because to me, even Michelle, probably not so much with as with Hillary with Bill, but Michelle being a highly intelligent, educated woman, probably there was a lot of input. But also, I think that naturally happens if you were in the same field as your spouse. Yeah. I think it's completely like people kind of made a joke about Bill being kind of goofy and dumb in comparison to Hillary. Yeah. But they were also in the same educational field. Like, well, Melania is going to provide nothing to Donald Trump because she knows jack shit. That's what I was talking about, the pendulum swinging. Because Hillary was just, like, in everything. Had her little pinky in everything, stirring mm-hmm. a little bit here, there, moving the parts around, probably checking Bill. She probably was proofreading his his speeches. speeches before he made them, yeah. kind of thing. Like, she was in it. The pendulum swung with Laura Bush. And really, Laura Bush... It's a little vacant behind the eyes to me. Well, I think her um, her purpose was given to her without her consent, in a sense, mm-hmm. because of nine eleven, because she had to be the mom. Her exactly. Her husband had to be the tough, making tough decisions. I remember distinctly a commercial she did on the uh, about nine eleven. Mm-hmm. She did a, a television spot, and she was just. I mean, she was like, "We have to just, we have to be calm." Mm-hmm. And we have to trust trust the people. And like, I don't know. She was saying, be calm. Talk to your parents. Mm-hmm. Do it like talking to the children. And I mm-hmm. was just, I was so comforted by that. And she was just motherly. And so she did pick sort of a softball like purpose. Per- yeah. Uh, with literacy she she promoted library skills around the around the mm-hmm. country and that was great which is also a very important thing not to discredit but libraries. she was not she was not um she was not the elegance of jackie kennedy or nancy reagan mm-hmm. but she did have a quiet elegance she mm-hmm. looked beautiful in a gown she had a very short matronly haircut she was just she she held the she held the position with quiet power yeah with Michelle Obama, you know, she couldn't build on what Hillary was doing and Laura was doing because she's the first black one. She, Yeah. I mean, that's just, we I, have to put it plain, plainly. She, there are race politics even in high elected office. She, um, and I've read Becoming, her book, and she did take from Laura Bush. She said, I wanted to be the softness of Laura Bush, the intelligence of Hillary Clinton, but I had to walk a line that they didn't have to walk because... 
the first time I wore that dress without sleeves, oh, people no. lost their minds. It's not like we haven't seen Melania's nipples. Oh my God, I know. So the hypocrisy is apparent. And I think, and I do believe that just the the way the world was changing with Barack Obama and Donald Trump, those two juxtaposed together, the world was changing and it was going to get messy. And I think that the Obamas handled the mess mm-hmm. with grace. Eight years. Eight years of Scandal no free. scandals. Yeah. And and I think that the Obama, that the, that the, the Trumps, I'm going to be very thankful for the Trumps one day because they will. I think once this story is over, I think the story of the Trump family will be one of the greatest American tragedies ever told. <laughs> I really do. I think it's going to, I mean, I think it's going to end with some jail time. I think it's going to end with disgrace for this country. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. something that we learn from. And I think, I mean, having old, boring people <laughs> come mm-hmm. in after him, Joe, Bi- quiet, sleepy Joe, and steady Dr. Jill oh, is yeah. going to give us, and, and he's going to give us the space to let the people he choose chooses be the spot people of the spotlight yeah. rather than him and his family. And now, I think that's going to be great. Joe is 70, 78. I was going to say, so in your mind, and in, cause I've already made this. And Jill's just, about 10 years younger. Dr. Jill, Dr. President, Jill. Dr. Jill one day, maybe <laughs> depending on how this goes. Cause in my mind, this almost guarantees that Joe is going to be a one term president. Being 78, Maybe. that would put him at 82 running for re-election. Now, there are plenty of healthy old people in the world. My grandfather being I 93. Your, I saw your grandfather today at a distance because we're still in COVID. And he was vibrant. And the way, like his friend called him on a FaceTime. And he was working that iPhone yeah. like nobody's business. And he's 91. 93. 93. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, give him his so, credit. So there are those people in the world. But also my grandfather... In his 80s, I mean, he could have ran for political office if he felt like it. But to me, Donald Trump's the only person I've ever seen not age in the four years they were in office. Right. Now, we might see some aging once he goes to federal prison and can't have his spray tans and his comb-overs and bleached hair anymore, which is not a good look. I don't know who told him that the New Jersey Guido look was the best look for him. There you go. (laughs) Did you see uh, Wanda Sykes, one of her early, like I think it was 2018, or 2019 even maybe, um, stand-ups about Donald Trump. She said, she was going, now, you know, you see, George Bush, 9-11 happened. We watched him rapidly age with the decisions he had to make every day. She goes, Obama, he came in with jet black hair. And he left salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. She said, that, the the presidency ages you. You have to do this. She goes, this MFR has not aged a day, but if I have to endure four more years of him, I walk out of my house looking like Cicely Tyson. He stresses <laughs> me out. <laughs> yeah. So what the weird part is, and I know this is a weird segue, but if you've ever lived in North Alabama and had to go to Tennessee to Nashville for any reason at all, you have driven past the sign for the James K. Polk Motel that is still standing from the 1950s mm-hmm. on the side of the road in Tennessee. What follow-up to that is if you go there one day, because sometimes you're driving back from Louisville and have nothing better to do, and you go to James K. Polk's house, who was a one-term president alone, I don't know American history enough to tell you what year it happened, and the two portraits of him in that house, four years apart, now these are paintings, how much that alone has aged him. Yeah. <laughs> like, And that was, you know, again, we had a rough times back in the 1800s and the early 1900s, but yeah. still... One term alone still ages you 
horribly if you work. So that's what the weirdest part is. Mm-hmm. He has not aged. I'm surprised Melania may have white hair under all that from having to live with him <laughs> for the last four years in the White House. Well, and I do think that Donald Trump looks a little aged now. like Now that he's lost. In 2020, like yeah. the last part of 2020. I feel like he's raged, aged rapidly. And... um. Yeah, I just I don't know. We we like I said, the day this airs, we got six days left. Um, do you think that he's gonna leave the White House willingly? Well, I love the fact, and again, they can't really prove why they were there. The moving trucks that showed up within days of the election, I assume, to move Melania and Barron out to hide in Bali or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, she may go back to Slovenia for all for all this for all we know. She might take her son and just go back to Eastern yeah. Europe and be like, "I'm done." Um, well, what is it they call the the derogatory term? They call it anchor babies. Oh yeah, yeah. She's well, got her anchor baby, true. I guess, so she can. Stay. And her her parents came over on those green uh, green card visas for you know mm-hmm. relatives of American citizens and all that. But whatever hypocrisy. Um, so yeah, it's kind of hard to say. I think. I mean. Again, we're right before Christmas, and who knows what will happen between now and then. But we've seen Vice President Pence get his COVID vaccine on television now at this point, which I feel like is just him trying to secure his place in political history to either run for president himself or for some, you know, national office. Yeah. Because I mean, it makes sense. He was governor of Indiana. You know, so I don't know. I mean, we haven't even heard Trump discuss these vaccines. So. I, I have a hard time believing that he is not going to go step away quietly, but also that he's going to have the forethought at this point to, I mean, if to me, if he was going to resign in order to do anything to, to be pardoned by Pence for being a horrible president, I guess you have to, to do a crime and admit to being guilty to be pardoned. So that's what I was wondering. Can you be pardoned for a crime you haven't even admitted to? Or I don't think so. In order, to, you have of? to be convicted and admit guilt in order to receive a pardon from the right. presidency. And that's that's tricky because it's like you're not going to pardon me for murder when I haven't murdered anybody yet. Like, <laughs> and I'm I, not going to tell you that I've murdered anybody right. either. Can I get a Can I get a preemptive pardon for the murder I might commit? I do love that Tiger King is still trying to get a pardon from Trump before he leaves office. I love that. I wish he would. I'm like, they they need it. That's who needs to have a reality show together. Put Trump and Tiger King mm. and give them a, a show like The View and just yeah. let them bark at each other all day. Well, and I saw reports that Trump may be doing The Apprentice again, <laughs> and I saw reports that he may do Trump News. That is what I believe. You know, George W. is over there painting his puppy dogs or whatever since his presidency. Mm-hmm. Tr- which somehow makes complete sense. It really does. I mean, I guess if, I mean, <sighs> despite your feelings on whether or not it was whose fault was 9 11 and who mm-hmm. in the American government had fault in it, that's a big one. Like, mm-hmm. that's a big one. Attack, terrorist attacks of that caliber. On land, our land. On your watch. Yeah. No matter what, it's like, all right. I get it. Go away and just paint some paintings. Cause yeah. I couldn't it's hard it. to recover from. I mean, even if he had no bearings and no fault of his own in it, regardless, that is something almost impossible to recover from mm-hmm. because you didn't catch and execute the man who was reportedly the leader of these attacks and behind him. Mm-hmm. 
I still feel like a lot of that's up in the air um personally <laughs> like who was truly <laughs> like i mean it was so nuanced well, I mean, and all that yeah it's it's it, and that's why i said just despite your thing it was on your watch yeah that that happened so that's a lot but so, um, i mean to me trump news makes trump's own channel like oh uh oprah winfrey's channel makes the most sense as yeah. far and it's going to be something you have to pay extra for of course so i don't know how all these um well and not only that <laughs> Fox News is like Trump, 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 Trump. But then once Trump becomes your actual competition, mm-hmm. what is your stance going to be? Right. Like, are you just going to, is it going to be. Or is he going to go in to try to buy Fox News or part of it? Maybe. Or but it may, also, I mean, Fox News and Trump TV may turn into CNN, MSNBC. Yeah. Two different approaches to the same philosophy. But also all these people who are Trump, who, how quickly are we going to see our Lindsey Grahams, our Mitch McConnells, our, you know, Rubios and our people like that jump high tailed off the Trump train. I wonder. I wonder. Because like, that's the one. That's what I wonder the most. How far beyond January 20th will we should take Donald Trump still be relevant within politics? I say give it to March 1st. Give it a really? month and. Everyone's going to, I mean, because how else, well, it also depends on the Georgia runoff. Mm-hmm. That's the other big thing. That's going to be a huge yeah. factor into who's controlling the Senate, who's going to, you know, and Kamala is going to be a hard ass. She's going to bring her prosecutor mm-hmm. self to, there to get job, get the job done Yeah, and let her, you know, but so I think those are going to be our big factors on how quickly are we going to run away from the, tr- you know, hightail it off Trump's well, train and try to save face because also... If you want to keep your lifelong appointmentship to being a senator for Kentucky and South Carolina, how are you going to do that nuanced way to deny Trump, but also keep the constituents yeah. who are voting for you? Well, and that's the thing. How often do you hear about Newt Gingrich now? Oh, Newt, I forgot he existed. Exactly. Poor man. He was the one who spearheaded. He was the he was the Speaker of the House during the Clinton administration mm-hmm. that spearheaded the attempts to impeached bill clinton and he did impeach bill clinton mm-hmm. but once you're out of power nobody cares what you got to say and failed presidential run running attempts right there are young and hungry people coming up mm-hmm. i mean eventually the boomers got to die off and let leave the millennials in charge well and i think you got to re- they have to understand that they didn't they didn't resonate with younger people in america they just don't they don't and no president well, George Bush, one time in 2004, has won the popular vote. One time since 1988 has a Republican won the popular <laughs> vote. That's it. And we were in the middle of the most hot war in over we're still a generation. In the of it. And we're still in the middle of this yeah. war that people don't realize. Because uh, that's the other thing is, we are we going to start having people have the U.S. people held accountable for this by having to raise our taxes to fund this never-ending war Right. Even though we have the mi- biggest military budget out of any first world nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's something, too, that I just never understood about the Trump administration that I will be hoping for a return to in the Biden administration is this need for us to be America first, America only. Because, sure, America is the greatest country on the face of the earth. I do believe that. I'm a patriotic person, but mm-hmm. you know what makes us great is our ability to help other people. Mm-hmm. Like we are powerful because people need our purse strings, our money. 
gets us in the doors and and allows us to make decisions about what happens in Africa, what happens in Asia, what happens in Europe, what happens in the Middle East, and what happens in South America, you know? And I don't know about Australia too much, but whatever. <laughs> you know, but we have the ability to have input because we pay the money. Mm-hmm. If you stop funding these people, helping these people, they no longer give a crap what we have to say because they're, they need our money. So that's what never, I never understood. And yeah, sure. I mean, Republicans might have a point that we do spend too much money in other countries. So let's streamline it. Let's figure out a better way. Let's have some income inequality fixing and you know, well, you no. need the money. You got to go to where the money is. Yeah. Well, and the income inequality, inequality thing that one of the things I loved about Kamala is she said the burden of proof that you're not paying people any unequally based on gender is should be on the business owner, not on someone coming up and saying, why is he making more money than me? Even though we do the same job and I'm just as good as he is. Mm-hmm. She had this whole plan when she was running for president about how the burden, how you as an employee and an employer and a company owner, you have to prove you're paying people equally based on. Yeah. So the burden of proof isn't on someone who will be victimized by demanding that you show that you're paying everyone equally. Right. And it's just, it's, I don't know. And the gen, I guess gender politics is, a, I hate that term. Um, it's another thing. Having a woman as a vice president doesn't immediately say feminism has won. It is over. Cause look at how everyone has called is calling Kamala a whore. Mm-hmm. For sleeping her way to the top for a relationship she had with a man twenty plus years ago. Yeah. That was a mentor who is a bitter bitch, if you ever read his open letter about it, um, about her not about her not favoring him and ignoring all mm-hmm. his discretions as an as a politician. Well, and two And if she was a man, if they would have never questioned men it. Men cannot handle it a lot of men cannot handle that somebody i maybe have slept with maybe have dated maybe was -hmm. in a relationship with hundreds of years ago is doing much better than i am right now i have to take credit for her success because dear god no she did not well it's not even that if she was a man and he was his mentor if kamala's name was cameron and was a man yeah and he was his mentor and got him a seat on some city council bullshit. Yeah. No one would ever say it is favoritism and no one would ever question him, him becoming a prosecutor, no. a DA and the vice president. Right. Because it is a boys club, but you are using a woman. And I got into a Facebook argument with somebody over this. Like <laughs> I threw down on AL.com with some bitch over this. Some, not a bitch. It was a man, a baby, a fuck boy, a bitch, baby. <laughs> a bitch baby, fuck boy um, over it. Because I was like, I actually may have even been a woman. I don't remember. They had an ugly Trump face, so I don't know what it was. Um, uh-huh. And it was just like, one, you're, it, is in, it is disappointing to me that you would use a woman's personal sex life against her to say that some, again, some relationship she had 20 plus years ago has nothing to do with her becoming the pro- a prosecuting district attorney of California, mm-hmm. you know, of becoming running for president and then being picked to be vice president by a man who we all know they were buddy buddy with way before. There are photos of them hugging up on each other way before COVID happened, not yeah. in like a sexual hugging up on each other, but like right. as friends. And she is more than qualified than anybody really to be running, you know. Well, and not only that, when she was attorney general of um, California, Bo Biden was attorney general of De- Delaware. Mm-hmm. 
and they knew each other because attorneys general do know yeah. each other and that's how she became friends with Joe Biden yeah. and it it was hard i'm sure to fight Joe Biden mm-hmm. on a debate stage because he is sort of like my buddy's father yeah. my friend's father and and they are very close and um and so i i it's just it's baffling to me that people want to discount i mean i guess it's not baffling it, oh, it's, it's sexism one one that people want to discount Kamala Harris's achievements because yeah, there are some blots in her record that leave a lot to be desired and hindsight is 2020 and yada, yada, yada. But that's true for anybody who stays in power long enough. Look at the Clintons. Yeah. When, when the Clintons came to power, all the handlers, quote unquote, handlers of Hillary Clinton were like, you have got to stop being so freaking liberal. Like you've got to like June cleaver this up a little bit. Like put, get a haircut. You hippie. Yeah. Stop wearing bell bottoms. It's 1984. Right. Or what? You know, it's just like they had to handle Like they were like, soften your image. Right. Put on some contacts. Cause these big glasses are not, not in vogue. Well, they're just not, they don't make you pretty. Yeah. They don't make, uh, I don't use the F word on this podcast but they don't make you you know oh there's a lot of f words in the world i need you to narrow it down which one we're talking about (laughs) they don't make you they don't make appealing they don't make the men want to get with you yeah so they they and they kind of put her in a box Mm -hmm. to kind of reel her in and i and i don't know i mean i don't i hope that hillary has no regrets Mm -hmm. about how she got where she's gotten because she will have her place on the mantle of women's history right oh, up next to Eleanor Roosevelt and she made an all the offices she held into more than what people could imagine mm-hmm. them to be because she said what can I do with this but you know they did they molded her into something she might not have naturally become right which is I mean that's why there's unfortunately there's PR people and handlers in this world and you have to decide where your values lie as far as um how much you're going to listen and take on with what they say. But yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate because I think women have to deal with the brunt of that more so than men do because, you know, oh, look at him. He's just a dirty hippie. Oh, he can't help himself. Oh, it's okay. But women, it's like you have to be pretty and you have to be approachable and you have to be pleasant and you have to be nice and you can't be too strong-willed because men don't like that and you have to appeal to the centrist and, you know, and Mm -hmm. the old men and you got to be sexy, but you can't be too sexy because then you're a whore. Yeah. You know, and it just kind of spirals. And Hillary, when she accepted the nomination for president, she was wearing a white pantsuit. Which is the white is is for suffragists. Which is the same which is what AOC war when she was when she came sworn to her in. first well and when and all the women were oh, white when they came to Donald Trump's state first of, State of the Union. Yeah. And then again, um Kamala Harris was wearing a white pantsuit with a pearl colored mm-hmm. blouse underneath when they um formally their, when they yeah. went to their victory celebration yeah. in Delaware. And and the thing is, they are worried about that. And Hillary, when she gave her concession speech, mm-hmm. she was wearing a purple and gray suit. Mm-hmm. And she said, that was actually the suit that I had picked out to wear for my first trip to the White House mm. uh, to meet Obama after mm-hmm. I'd won. Um, she said, because it symbolized purple and blue symbolize or blue and red mm-hmm. or makes mixed. purple and it symbolized a coming together mm-hmm. of our country. So women 
have got to decide, have got to think about how every part of their image um, can symbolize something in a way that men don't have to in, um, in politics. And I, I'd actually enjoy it if instead of women not being held to that standard, we start holding men to that standard. Absolutely. And let everybody like, let you, you want to be my, my leader. Every part of who you are has to represent something. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I would like that much better. Like, what kind of shoes was he wearing? What color yeah. suit did he wear? Well, when AOC was sworn in, in her white pantsuit, she wore red lipstick mm-hmm. and hoop earrings. Yeah. And it and was she said, gorgeous. And, and she said, this is represents the people and where I come from and our history. Yeah. And, like, and it's sad. I mean, because women have, like, and... It's silly to say that men don't think about what they wear like women do because of that, but women are almost ingrained to decide what they wear because it has to, they have to present a certain way to the world because you're going to automatically be judged how you dress. Mm -hmm. However, you wearing blue jeans and a hoodie is a completely different message than me wearing blue jeans and a hoodie. Yeah. You know, (laughs) or, and me as a white guy wearing blue jeans and a hoodie is definitely different than a black man wearing Mm -hmm. blue jeans and a hoodie. And, so, and that and that is something that is something I do take for granted. I think, and I think all white people yeah. do that. Me wearing a hoodie means nothing. No, like there are some people who are like you do. Black people who are like you do not put on a hoodie. You can't put your hood up if you do. Definitely not. You can't wear um, wife beaters, especially. So I, but which I is a am, horrible name for a tank top. <laughs> well, it's from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. That makes sense because Brick wore the tank yeah. top and he beat his wife, so it's a wife beater. Um, just a little trivia for everyone. Um, that's depressing it really is we but, still call it that but i know that <laughs> joe is you know he's kind of boring ish compared to what we're what he's what he's accepting the mantle from <laughs> that's fair but we need a, a small level of boring and to be able to wake up and breathe in the morning right we got sleepy joe's america coming guys i've been telling that joke i took it from another comedian who was like yep sleepy joe because well, that's what Don- trump would call him and i'm yeah. just like I welcome Sleepy Joe's America. I just America. would love to know if Do- if Joe Biden has had to take the dementia test like Trump bragged about passing with flying colors. Has he even had been presented with one because of he's presenting sun factors of dementia to people? Right. Like, um, but yeah, I but I'm excited about we're headed into a new day in America, I believe, mm-hmm. in the fact that Dr. Jill Biden is the first female or the first first lady to keep her day job. Which and can you imagine going to English Comp 101 and the first lady is teaching you? God. Let's discuss that. Let's edit. And I believe she's teaching at a community college yeah, right she's now. She's a community college. But teacher. I'm wondering if she's. I can't. I haven't looked into if she's staying with where she's at or I if she's so. moving. I think she. I mean, is. that area you could like sneeze and hit a different state, so it's not right. as bad. Well, I mean, it's like in Alabama, I think she's going to be at the same college she was at when she was work because. The vice, the, president, vice the vice lady. president's mansion is across the street from the White House. That's true. And so she's living like on the same block. Can we discuss how we give our elected officials mansions? Like, I feel like that's another thing to talk about on a different day. Or For how, sure. Or um, I mentioned this once, Amy Coney Barrett or Ferret or whatever her clowny <laughs> face is. I call her clowny Ferret. How we apparently left a country to come to a country to escape a monarchy and then apparently now we appoint people to lifetime positions. <laughs> Can we is, discuss how that makes no fucking sense? Well, I do have like I have a, a different opinion. I don't I'm not convinced one way or the other on that. I'll say that. But yeah, I just I feel that having first lady 
working, mm-hmm. having a vice president who is a woman of color with mm-hmm. her husband also sort of redefining the second spouse's We job. have to come up with a name to call him because no one's ever yeah. thought that far ahead. Exactly. Well, and two, and having and Pete Buttigieg, he said, this is exciting because I am the first LGBTQ person to be sent to Congress for confirmation yeah. in a in a Senate in a in a cabinet. I seat. think we should clarify as a first out LGBTQ person because we don't know. Right. That's first the big thing. Person, he is an out person. Living out loud and proud and being sent to Congress to be married. confirmed. Yeah. And he's married. He's I mean he's showing people a different side of what it could be. And and like it just feels like this um it just feels like um, the flood of change is coming, whether anybody likes it or not. Well, and it doesn't America mean- is changing. The government is going to reflect what America looks like because Joe Biden decided so. Yeah. And it's I think when we say that, we have to also clarify that just because big changes are happening, it doesn't necessarily mean that what happens in your like your family life doesn't have to change if you want to be the stay-at-home wife with the traditional male leading the household if y'all both agree on that it doesn't matter it doesn't right. hurt anybody but stuff like that like the thing that's the fear is like just because we have an openly gay man married going being sworn in in front of congress that doesn't change the factors of what's it doesn't directly hurt you it, right you well, know. and i think that's the point is um more and more people have the ability to see themselves right. in our government. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, well, guess what? I just mentioned it. Laura Bush was fantastic at this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, Barbara Bush. You've had that. You yeah. don't need that. Right. You know you're fine. But to, for somebody to um, be an LGBTQ person, looking at pete Buttigieg and seeing that if you work hard and you make decisions that are you know that help others and as well as mm-hmm. yourself you're going to get somewhere and you're going to do something really yeah. important unfortunately when the pl- with the cha- people changing and modernizing sometimes it excludes seeing your s- certain people seeing themselves because they've seen themselves 50 plus years, 100 plus years, and you know, right. on every day on television. You the June Cleavers of the world have been there and been happy. Yeah, you the don't need to see yourself to feel complete. You can Carol watch Brady. reruns of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm excited about this administration. I'm excited to continue to see who, um, who gets these positions and secretary of education is still open at this time and attorney general. I can't wait. I can't, like, I, um, and so, yeah, again, by the time this comes out, we'll probably know who those people we are. We better know who they are. Um, good but, Lord. But I'm in Alabama for the holidays. And so we took the opportunity. But uh, is there anything you're excited about seeing that we haven't talked about yet? I am going to throw my hat in the ring and say this. I'm hoping for a Doug Jones attorney general and Elizabeth Warren as secretary of education. Fair enough. That is my goal. My hopes. If I got to pick make decisions today yeah. for it that would be my decision I agree with that i think those would be two really great picks um there's so many fantastic people out there though so yeah i'm i would my feelings won't be hurt if it doesn't go my way right <laughs> there are fantastic and I, I do trust uh, that joe biden will make the correct decision um but yeah i'm just really excited because i think juxtaposed with donald trump's administration 
it's going to be a little bit of a whiplash of people just doing, keeping their head down, doing the work and doing what they're supposed to do and just watching the government run properly again. Let's hope so. And let's hope that the Georgia runoff goes in our favor and Mitch McConnell has to retire. Oh, I love that. Well, I, you know what? I really, I'm hoping that the Georgia runoff uh, goes our way because it would just be so, such justice, poetic so. justice to see him in there and have no power. Even better. I'd love that. But again, everybody listening will know for sure by this time. When is the runoff? What? The 6th. So, <sighs> and then, there's and so this much time to have like heart palpitations between now and then. I know. But they are saying that there are record number of early voters for this runoff election, too, which let's statistically who goes to early, who votes early. A, a great message to end on, I think, is thank God for Stacey Abrams. If you Amen. want to do something with your life, if you're just... I need her to come over and help Alabama out a little right. bit. If 2020 has left anybody feeling like they just really need to um, do something, go to Stacey Abrams's face or wikipedia page and just kind of start doing what she's doing maybe even write her a letter and be like girl tell me what get to her do. book get her book she is fantastic and she has she has flipped she is well i mean i won't say single-handedly but she has led she, the march to flip georgia blue yeah so back to blue because we all know they secretly are blue over there oh yeah thanks to tyler perry and all the hip-hop rappers jimmy carter jimmy Excuse carter me. Mm-hmm. let's talk about jimmy carter Today is the 14th, so by next episode, we will have a new president, President Joe Biden. And it's going to be a virtual inauguration, and I just want to point out that this was my opportunity to go see Cher live perform at an inauguration because she and Joe are homies, and I'll be damned if Donald Trump and his COVID didn't ruin it for me. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, I will see you on the other side of this presidency. Ugh. size of relief (laughs) if we can just make it we'll make it have a good one Dear God, <laughs> fucking Surrey. So I was scratching my neck and, and Siri was right in my see, ear. See, that's on my what watch. happens when you have those smart watches. They come out and get you. <laughs>